ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. I am very excited today to be speaking with Kirsten Anderson. And Kirsten is... um, Somebody I've really wanted to talk to for a little while because what she does is unique and uh, she's been, she's basically bridged 25 years in leadership and business with decades of experiencing studying the benefits of play for all ages. She's called a playologist and during her 12 years as the resident play expert on global TV, she sold her her toy store that she had founded 15 years earlier, but not before it was voted the best toy store in Canada. That's a pretty cool um, uh, accolade. Kirsten is the founder of Integrate Play Solutions, a boutique training organization dedicated to solving tough challenges, creating better places to work while increasing creativity and innovation with playful methods. You'll find Kirsten traveling the world, speaking on playful mindset for building better businesses and a happier life. And when she's home in Vancouver, uh, she likes to uh, float on rivers, lakes, or the ocean with her teen boys and her husband. So welcome, Kirsten, to Relationships Rule Podcast. Thank you. That's uh, a lot of interesting things on there. Do you want to add anything specific to um, what makes you uh, hum these days and what gets you excited? (laughs) Well, what gets me excited is getting that message out about play, um, just spreading it further. So as I see the the tentacles reaching out further around the globe, uh, not just myself, but other play people. It's a small community of people that are really promoting play for adults, but Uh, we're all in touch and talk to each other and so as I see that happening in Australia and California and Denmark and all over in Africa um, it's super exciting to see people prioritizing play at work and for adults because there's that trickle-down effect and that just gets my juices flowing. You know that's kind of interesting that you said it's it's happening all over the world because um, I would think that we North Americans are pretty stressed out workaholics in lots of ways. Some of us, not so much maybe on the West Coast. Do you find there's a difference though um, when you travel through North America between our West Coast lifestyle and the Eastern people, for example, um, as to how they respond to play at work? Well, I think that there are some generalizations about um, about mindset around a different geographically but also industry wise so i have ended up in a lot of uh, tech companies because tech is you know very aware of the need to stay relevant creative and innovative and Mm -hmm. so anything new that is created comes through play and so that is something that they are very aware of but 
in this very rapidly changing world, every industry needs to be constantly disrupting, constantly looking, uh, you know, like the, the taxi industry, the, the entertainment industry, the oil, the oil and gas resource industry, the financial industry, they're all being disrupted. So uh, it isn't just tech that uh, is valuing play because every industry it's relevant to. So I, I was listening to something yesterday that um, uh, one of my mentors was actually interviewing this woman on, on a podcast and uh, on his podcast. And, and she was talking about um, how exactly what you said that everybody's being dis every industry is being disrupted these days. And at the same time, um, forcing us to come back around to make it about people so much more. So play fits into that. Um, in my world, it's about um, building relationships, sometimes in an old-fashioned way, as opposed to the new tech world or the world that we're in today. And one of the things she said that just, you know, uh, just lit me up was pick up the phone and talk to people. Mm -hmm nobody ever answers their phone anymore but I think it's going back to that and that's what she was saying and I was like so excited to hear that um, because it's really about you know talking to people which makes me want to ask you so with the kind of work that you do I would guess it's more corporate leaning right bigger companies and, and uh, uh, vertical uh, markets and so on um, but where do you find the people that do you have to tr do you have to educate people to for them to hire you or do some people just get it do you know what I mean both a little of both sometimes the education process and sometimes uh, people are already on board they they this is what they want they want to bring in something different and new and they uh, they're tired of the status quo maybe their conferences have been boring or their meetings are really boring people are checked out they're not tuning in and yeah, they, they're, all, they're all got their heads down, right? Their heads down, yeah. they're looking at their phones. It's not, you know, there were people are in training and, and learning and development or in any situation really are usually only retaining about less than 30% of the words that are said after the fact. So how do we increase that? How do we increase that learning and, and that memory factor? And, and that's through engagement uh, and through relationship building uh, as you specialize in. And so I, I you know, I, really see that connection there with us because what better way to create relationships to create deeper more meaningful conversations than to actually be playing with each other and getting to know the other person's personality their their real self you know that all comes out when you're playing together and it's such a, a fast way to get past the superficial that we, we bring to work so often so we can be more authentically ourselves right. at work and uh, you did ask if it was corporate yeah. or um, so I, I would say my corporate work is about 90% uh, at this time. It does shift and change, but it, you know, I also have done some like women's empowerment conferences. And so speaking on a more on a happiness in life uh, piece as well. So it, it's relevant across the board, um, but my main focus is uh, corporate. So two things come to mind from what mm -hmm. you just said. One is that I used to be a corporate trainer back in mm -hmm. the day. And um, I watched, you know, we would put, um, I taught soft skills, 
customer mm -hmm. service, telephone courtesy type stuff. And I do day long or two day long seminars, workshops and so on. And I watched, you know, the group of us in the department where I worked would, you know, talk about different things to put into our, into our workshops. And, and then, and you see the phases that it went through. So, it, you know, first it was, you know, just doing like group exercises and things like that. And then all of a sudden we had to have toys on our, on our tables and, you know, things for squishy balls and things like that. And, you know, you use them to get people's attention and, and so on. And, uh, and so that was my only experience with play of sort. Uh, but it did break the ice and it and it was kind of fun to and it was before cell phones so I'm mm -hmm. you know, dating myself but you know it did allow for um, some uh, not a um, not a distraction but something to um, teach or to learn on it with a different level right different part of your brain and things like that so I guess that's where it um, really goes to is how people learn right different ways that they learn through play absolutely so I'm, I'm glad you said that at the end there it's all about uh, people learning in different styles mm -hmm. and uh, it, when we give people that option of fiddling with something and of course coming from the toy industry you know we used to sell tons of fiddle toys for children in the classroom because it helped them concentrate it helped them focus on something with their hands while they're listening um, I mean, doodling is, uh, is an option, but uh, just, yeah, just having a, having a, a fiddle toy is, is great for lots of different people to listen. It's not a distraction. It's, it can be a distraction to other people if it has a noise, Yes. But, um, but there's lots of fiddle toys that don't have a, have a, a noise to it. But of course, that's not um, my main focus of play uh, being like speaking at an audience and just having them fit. I mean, that that can be part of it, you know, like a training, but I usually try and limit my amount of talking. Uh, it's a lot of facilitating. It, so in a keynote, it would be more talking, but a right. lot of the time I'm doing workshops where it's uh, interactive 80% uh, of the time. Right. So that was my, my second piece that, that I was going to say is that I experienced, and I think I talked to you about this, um, uh, arriving at a conference on a Friday night and I was late and because my plane was later than, than some. And I walked into this room and there were like five or six groups of people um, at different tables, all working on a project and uh, each working on a project and each table had had different instructions. And so I was assigned to one of these tables and it's interesting to come in late because you know, you can't really do anything but observe because people had already got their roles in there. So is that similar type of thing? Do you do that kind of thing where, um, and, and well, and once the project was completed, of course, there was the debriefing, which is where the learning took place. So mm -hmm. is that the kind of thing that, that you were talking about? So that can, that can be something uh, that I would do. Um, and what I love about you arriving late with that situation, as far as the learning, yeah. is that that's like real life. Like that people come into projects not necessarily knowing what all the instructions are and not necessarily knowing who's doing what and what are the roles and, you know, where's the onboarding in that situation and, and, uh, the, and the training and, the, and getting someone caught up. So uh, I love the, the way play can recreate 
a real life situation. Of course, because yeah. for me, quickly, um, what happens for me in that situation is I am completely frustrated mm -hmm. because I'm one of the A types and uh, the red flashing red of me um, mm -hmm. is like wanting to ask questions and wanting to know what the rules are and which, you know, which way to go. And who am I to do that when I come in late, right? Like, <laughs> so it's definitely uh, makes you look inside as to how you operate and how you are in a crowd and, and, um, you know, what, uh, what it does for you and your psyche as well. So for sure. Um, so I know you owned a toy store for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, um, because I'm a puzzle person more than a cuddly toy person, but I, I get those things too. But what, what was your favorite thing about having your toy store? Mm -hmm. I would say my favorite part of uh, pretty much any industry is going to be people. So, um, and of course, with the toy industry, what I always used to laugh when people came in because no one ever wanted to leave. It was such a positive place. Yeah. So it wasn't like being somewhere where people were getting shots or painful <laughs> injections, you know, like the dentist and the orthodontist or... It was a very positive place and uh, kids left screaming and yelling they didn't want to leave and uh, even the adults you know became kids again when they came in the store and because we weren't your average big box store that has right. nothing but TV advertised products it was right. very unique uh, highly curated thoughtfully chosen um, European styled toys you know award-winning and so there was so much variety at things were constantly changing so it was never boring and I, I left there still loving it with a deep passion. Um, so I, I never stopped loving the industry itself and so all you, that it gave. How did you make that transition to what you're doing now? With great difficulty. <laughs> it was like uh, losing an, a whole identity because it had been 25 years, 25 years in that industry. Uh, my identity was so wrapped up in being a toyologist changing over to playologist doesn't seem like a huge stretch except that uh well, your role used, different. the rules were different and people knew how to introduce me uh, before uh everywhere i went i'd be the first person introduced and people would say oh my goodness you gotta meet kirsten kirsten owns this great toy store and da -da 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 -da. you've seen her on tv da -da. and and my kids loved that of course you know like yeah. being listening to that and then when i sold the store and People couldn't really explain what I did because this is not a normal job. <laughs> I, you know, I'm pretty much inventing it as I go. And uh, so this is, there was no uh, prescription, uh, no recipe for how to go about creating a business that brings play to the workplace. I couldn't, there weren't a lot of people I could look to as mentors. Uh, there's, a, there's a few, a handful, but not a lot. And we're kind of all figuring it out of similar timing. So, so it's challenging. It was very challenging. I, there was a mourning period. And I would say that to anyone that's go, going through a big shift like that, a major career transition yes. leap. And this is, I think, maybe something you have experience with, Janice. But it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, oh, I it's totally, emotionally challenging. <laughs> I totally have. Because I went from being a corporate trainer and I was never an employee. I was always a contractor by choice. Most of that time I, I was offered an opportunity to be an employee and I didn't want to. 
And so it came back to haunt me at the end because when the economy changed, who did they get rid of but the contractors? And I'd had a really good run um, at it, but now I had to reinvent myself and I definitely didn't want to go to a nine to five job. It just wasn't who I was. So, and I didn't know how to start a business. So I totally understand um, where you're coming from. I think I was in a depression for a couple of years without realizing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It can be, uh, I just did a, a keynote at a women's empowerment conference and I talked about standing outside the toy store quite teary because I couldn't bring myself to go inside and see my long-term employees that had worked there for so long that I loved like family, couldn't bring myself to go in there because I was mourning uh, the loss of the store, you know, because it, as beautiful as the store is now, um, it's not mine. It's not my baby anymore. It's being raised by somebody else. It's yeah. a teenager now and it's, you know, it has its own legs and, and someone else is calling the shots. So that's a, it's a tough, uh, tough thing it's to see to go backwards, right? Yeah. It's hard to do that. Yeah. 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 So, um, from your, um, experience as a store owner and I, how long ago was this now? A few years. I right? sold it in, um, almost Christmas of 2015. So three years, okay. about three years. I, I, I always consider it May, 2016. So about three years now. Okay. So have you been able to leverage your um, media coverage that you had mm. in that business to, to um, uh, educate people about what you're doing now? Probably as not as much as I should. Um, I've had a few, you know, like newspaper articles since, since the Integrate Play Solutions uh, been on global TV once or twice since I sold the toy store, okay. but, um, yeah, not as much, uh, media, big, big media as I've been more focused on the social media rather. So I flipped it. Whereas before I wasn't very focused on social media. Now, now right. I am. And so that's been, that's been the relationship builder for me as the, is the LinkedIn and the Instagram for having conversations with companies that are interested in um, and having me come in and facilitate or speak. Yeah. Okay, so who, tell my audience who mm -hmm. your target audience is. Where would you like to, what's your dream, you know, um, uh, client? You know, what industry, what size of company or what exactly, because you never know who we know, right? right. Yeah, well, the, uh, you know, I am open to working in any industry that is, that is open to the conversation. So that's the key little piece there is that if they're, uh, okay, but stop right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. <laughs> yes. that's like saying, if I'm in the skincare industry, right. your client is anyone with skin. No, <laughs> I think of that. So, well, no, not anyone with skin, but anyone that is in that wants, that has a deep desire to change no. their skin. No, it has <laughs> to be skin. specific. So, yeah. Otherwise, I can tell you who my top my top businesses are that I really want to work with. Okay. Like big, big dream, big audacious hairy goals. Here we go. Uh, my big audacious hairy goals are uh, right at the top of the pile is uh, Virgin. Okay. With Richard Branson, yeah. and you can see why uh, that would be a connection there. Uh, with he epitomizes playful mindset. 
Uh, Claude Silver with VaynerMedia uh, is uh, VaynerMedia is uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. yeah, and so but Claude she's who? Uh, Claude Silver is her name, and so she's the chief heart officer. And because of my work around empathy and playfulness, I really feel a connection with what she's doing to have people-centric, human-centered businesses. Um, and then you know, there's companies like uh, Disney and Pixar and um, companies that really are demonstrating their playfulness. Just yesterday, I discovered that Magnum Ice Cream, which is owned by Unilever, is, has a whole uh, never stop playing uh, oh. marketing that they're doing out of, out of the Netherlands. So this is what I mean by the industry is not as important as, as what they're doing in the world. How they're, how they're yeah, uh, so in the airline sector, yes, Virgin, but also Southwest Airlines, WestJet mm -hmm. Airlines, mm -hmm. you know, they take uh, fun and, and playfulness into their marketing, into their customer experience, their employee experience, and those two being so important uh, in branding to link your employee experience. Another company uh, is Zappos, uh, yes. was now purchased by Amazon, but uh, Zappos is a. I read that book. Something. Yeah, like, delivering yeah. happiness is on my bedstand table. Yeah, I read it. it was Tony Hirsch. Yeah, so yeah. they have uh, fun engineers working there, and so again, that's it's an internet company, so not industry specific, but uh, epitomizing play and playfulness. And I feel that I have a lot to contribute there. So those are more companies. But you know, having said that. Uh, you know, I, I work, you know, locally here in this market with universities, with tech companies, with, um, with Royal Bank, you know, so it's not, it's, it's whether the project team leader sometimes sees the value. It doesn't have to be company-wide. Right. Uh, sometimes it can be just that specific team, Fortis, uh, Fortis Energy, Nav Canada, those, those team leaders uh, have that seed planted that playful leadership is going to benefit uh, their whole team in building those relationships have that team cohesion so of the social media platforms mm -hmm. which ones which where do you focus because some things are going on in my head right now yeah um probably my most frequent posting is on instagram just because it's easiest and then my but my favorite is linkedin Okay, so let's talk about that for a second because mm -hmm. I, I feel like I need to talk to you offline afterwards about that. <laughs> yeah. I think, I don't know why you're leaning towards Instagram except what you just said, that it's the easiest. To my mind, with the kinds of companies that you've talked about, yes. on, I think the two places, and I don't even know this one very well, yeah. but one is Twitter, yeah. and the other is, is uh, LinkedIn. Twitter, because the big companies are always there in sort of a quick news feed type of thing, right? Yeah. And it might be the type of thing that you could grab hold of and reply to or whatever and start. I don't know, because that's not my place to be. Right. And I feel as though that's a good place for you from one's perspective. And of course, LinkedIn is the other, because your target audiences are there. And I don't know if I shared this with you, but... Um, Gary Vaynerchuk did a post a couple of about a month or so ago, and I I reposted it so it's in my activity on LinkedIn mm -hmm. um, about um, 
LinkedIn was where he was going to focus 2019 because that was the best place now to be authentic. Mm -hmm. So that's even a place that even to start a conversation with him. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, no, I love, uh, and I, and I, yeah, and my focus is not even on Gary as much no, as I'm not there, but, um, yeah, that LinkedIn is a great place for conversation and the videos are great for, um, creating conversations and engagement for sure. I did, I think I did five straight days of videos on LinkedIn and it was amazing. Uh, oh, but the last six weeks I've been traveling so much, uh, so doing, so I'm in the juggling stage of um, going back and forth between, of course, implementing, you know, like executing on business, the operations side, and then, oh, and now, and then it's, you know, back to business development. But that juggle is, uh, everyone's, everyone's struggles, uh, that self-employed. But, but you know that with, um, with social media being so easy these days that yeah. you can spend 10 minutes on your yes. phone connecting yeah. with somebody on through LinkedIn or whatever every day and still be doing something. Yeah. Right. So I think what I'll do is uh, I'll have to do a little 30 day challenge or something for myself again, just to get myself posting on a regular, a regular basis. Oh, I didn't do my regular post on LinkedIn today. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes it's about, it's, yeah. It's about valuing. Um, so what I did before was 60 seconds. So I was doing like 60, you know, 60 second clip. So it was pretty quick and I was doing it live one take, no edits, no, just this is me. Sometimes makeup, sometimes no makeup, even on LinkedIn, which is it's very you know, brave. It's, it's tough, right? Cause you're putting yourself out there in a, in a professional setting, I know. uh, and prospective clients. And so, but I, you know, I just felt like I've got to just put it out there. Cause if I don't put it out there, then it just won't there'll be nothing. And which is part of, um, you know, utilizing that playful mindset, uh, to battle perfectionism. So mm -hmm. a lot of people don't accomplish their goals because they're waiting for it to be perfect. And so, yeah. uh, so much of the time I have to practice what I preach and uh, take that playful mindset and just put it out there and, and play in that, uh, realm of possibility. So yes, I think what you're doing is amazing. I think that that uh, putting your um, information out there in a playful way as well and doing video, you're very brave. Um, but don't forget, engagement is really important. Engagement. It's not just about you putting stuff out there and attracting. It's also about engaging. You must yeah. engage on Commenting on other people's posts and having those conversations. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, having those conversations and maybe even offering, you know, something, some free um, something to people that you connect with and so on because mm -hmm. we want to build relationships and so in order to build those relationships people today are pretty fickle so if we can start by giving them something of value then they'll start to see that we are who we are mm -hmm. and start to trust us a little bit sooner maybe you know, like that's, I'm testing things like that too. So for example, if somebody reaches out to connect with you, so you check them out, you wonder, you see if they're, you know, someone you want to connect with and whatever by looking at their profile. This person today that reached out to me is someone that I, um, and she's a, a realtor and I do a lot of work with realtors. 
And so I reached back and said, I accepted. I said, thank you for reaching out to connect. Um, I forget exactly what I said, but uh, I, I noticed that you're new on LinkedIn and um, not sure how much you, you know, you want to use it. I do work with a fair number of realtors. And so um, I'd like to offer you my uh, LinkedIn tip sheet to get you to help you something about helping you, um, you know, um, maximize your profile. And I sent a link for her to do that. Whether she'll do it or not, I don't know. And I also said that I like to make my new connections real by having a phone conversation. So if you're open to it, let me know. Now, I have to go one step further and do what you do, actually, which is have a booking system so they can just go and book a time with me instead of, you know, taking it. Um, but I, I feel as though I need to ask them first before I say go book a time. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. um, a bit presumptuous. But anyway, um, so we'll see. You know, it's like put it out there, offer something of value, and start the conversation. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my idea about building those new relationships. And sometimes they're quickly built, you know, or started on LinkedIn. And so that's really good. And um, and so it might be that you start to look for uh, people in uh, WestJet or in Virgin Airlines on a saved search and you start connecting with these people on a specific different level before you get to the business part, right? Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Okay. so just as we start to close here, um, Kirsten, tell me, I, have a, I know I put a few little questions on my, on my sheet that I sent you and I wanted to ask you, do you have a favorite quote? Um, well, I would say play is the brain's favorite way of learning, um, which is a Diane Ackerman quote is one of my favorites. Uh, and then I dwell in possibility. It doesn't have anything to do with play, but uh, specifically, but to me it does. And that's Emily Dickinson. So two of those are the two that really stick out to me, but there's like a hundred, a hundred quotes on play that I love. Yeah. Okay, so some of them are so overused that I can't say them even though I love them. <laughs> well, that's okay because there's a reason for that. Yeah. And one last thing I wanted to ask you is what do you think of when I say the I know what you're gonna say, I think, but I shouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> what do you think of when I say the word curiosity? Oh, see, I'm so predictable. Yeah. Uh, so if this video, if you were putting this on YouTube as a video, then uh, people would see that I have like hundreds of post-it notes behind me. I know, I almost asked you about those. <laughs> hundreds of different colored post-it notes. And it's basically mind mapping out um, the Playful Mindset, which is a book I'm working on. And- Oh, that's the, exciting. Yeah, there's eight pillars to that. And one of the pillars is around uh, curiosity and, and exploration. So that is a pillar of, of playfulness, is okay. curiosity. And of course, curiosity, certainly you know as as you uh would relate to it especially as relationships and, and creating those deeper relationships and curiosity but of course it also relates to how you um go about living your life how you perceive the world are you curious about not just people but places are you curious about things curious about ideas and having those um curiosities can bring you to new experiences and that's where the growth happens. So um, curiosity is a huge value of mine and something that I try to um, speak on in my 
in my talks and with in my parenting and in my friendships and just keep that uh, front and center so uh, that I and others have as much um, growth as possible. So, okay, now I have to ask the next question that mm -hmm. comes from that. And that is, do you think curiosity can be learned or it's innate? Um, I, I would say that it is innate, but like playfulness, uh, it can be schooled out of us. Um, okay. It can be trained out of us for sure. It can be shut down and it can be smushed, squished, suppressed. And because when kids are in school, sometimes they're encouraged to ask questions, but there are other factors besides their teacher that come into play, of course, peers wanting to look cool, and that that goes on into adulthood where, oh, I want to look professional. I don't want to look stupid. Mm -hmm. So confidence. So um, creating that culture of safety in school and in our professional lives fosters creativity and curiosity linked together because we feel open to ask questions and say, I don't, I don't understand that. I don't know why, why do we do it like that? Well, you know, what if we did it like this and, and how can we, um, or how might we, is it a better, uh, better question than right. how can we, how might we? So, um, yes, I think that we can definitely work on our curiosity, uh, toolbox and, and, uh, boost it, uh, as adults, even if we feel like, um, it's been depleted. Well, that's encouraging, I think, for a lot of people. You said something, too, about curiosity that made me feel sort of relieved because I always thought that um, uh, I wasn't very creative because I wasn't, I couldn't sing and I wasn't a real dancer and I could dance, but I wasn't, I never took dance and I couldn't draw and paint and whatever, but I always did crafts. And that in a sense was, um, and I think is create is um, creative in itself. But you also said that um, curiosity is part of play and I love so I'm all and I'm the most curious person out there so I think oh good I do have some playfulness in me I'm not the a type or the you know yes. so that, that was really cool um, so thank you for that um, I don't know if you've read this book but I it was one of my favorites it's called a curious mind by Brian no. Fraser. Uh, no, I know the book though. It's on my list, my oh, Amazon okay. wish list. <laughs> um, you know, he he and Ron Howard have Imagine Entertainment. Yes, yeah, no, it's on my list. I've, I've got, uh, it's perfect for me. <laughs> yes, yes, it's quite an interesting, um, it's his story and it, it's quite interesting. Anyway, um, so with that, I think um, I'm gonna thank you very much for your time and your, um, your knowledge around play and play in the workplace and curiosity and all of that. And I want to ask you, um, how can people get hold of you? Mm -hmm. I will put it in the show notes. I do have it here, but what would you like, where would you like people to go to just check out who you are and if you can be um, the person to come and work with them on um, play um, in to integrate play into what they do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, because we've talked about LinkedIn, that seems like a natural fit for okay. people to find me at, uh, uh, I think it's Kirsten Anderson. Play. Well, you'll have it in the note, show notes as well. <laughs> Kirsten Playing. It's linkedin.com um, yep. slash IN slash Kirsten Playing. And we just made yeah. that. That's right. <laughs> yes. 
that's good. Okay. Customized that URL. And uh, yeah, so of course I'm also available through my website. There's an email uh, connection there. Okay. Uh, and yeah, I'm also on Instagram. So lots of ways to have a chat and, and Perfect. have a Zoom, have a Zoom conversation or meet in person. Yeah. Any last words you'd like to share with my audience? Well, I guess for anyone, whether they feel like they can bring someone in to, to change things up at work uh, around creativity and innovation or around any challenge that they're having, uh, because I didn't mention, but most of the time I'm using Lego Serious Play with, my, oh, with the companies cool. I work with. Yeah, yeah. So, No, yeah, that's probably the most, that's, that's my bread and butter, actually. People bring me in for like usually half day or full day workshops. But even if that is not within your company's budget, what you can do, what anyone can do as an individual is uh, bring a playful mindset to your work. And that just means approaching problems playfully and giving yourself permission to play and, and having levity. And um, so that's what I would say is just prioritizing that playfulness um, as an approach and to actually be more productive at work. So it's, it's beneficial to the company and it's beneficial to people uh, to not burn out as fast. So it's, it's all about health and wellness and relationship building and there's so many benefits. So it's not something that has to come from leadership, but it's great when it does, mm -hmm. but it's contagious. So if you bring it to the workplace, it's going to start spreading. Thank you so much. That's really good information. And you know, actually, I have to say this, it just made me think my daughter is working with a company um, it's a new job, fairly new job. It's very high stress. She's in sales and business, uh, sales. And uh, she's saying that, you know, she was talking to a, a, a client and a client and she was doing a presentation there and they want to hire her. And she was looking at the cultures of the two companies and the one she's in is so toxic. Oh. And the one that, that she was presenting at is so playful and fun. And <laughs> there's like two different right? Mindsets that where would you want to work? Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have to talk about that offline. Yeah. Retention. Bit. If you want to retain your employees. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so really good information. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you, for this podcast. And I'll just leave you with one last word. Stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.